Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Let me stop you right there. <laughs> okay. You had 30 minutes to come up with that, Chase. And that's all you got, man. Thir- <laughs> actually, more than 30 minutes. I just want to question your uh, your commitment to this. Is what what is this? Com- this comes out before 2020 hits, right? Comes that doesn't matter to weeks. us anymore. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what year it is? I don't know. I'm just kind of, it feels like December, you know? That's coming point in out the future. On New Year's Eve, Chase. New Year's it, Eve. Is it really? Wow. Yes. wow. Wow. Maybe we should step up our game a little yeah. bit. Everybody's going to be in the perfect frame of mind to listen to, you know, something about fitness. <laughs> Feeling great about themselves. Yeah, do we want to, like, skew that <laughs> release date a little bit? Or what? Well, the thing is, they've made it through Christmas, and the topic for today is totally appropriate because everyone is thinking this time of year, we're about to face another year, and will I be the person at the end of next year that I am right now? How do we get there, right? So today we're talking about goals, the four-letter word, plus an S, (laughs) 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 that, that everybody loves to think about. So it's like this big monster that everybody has to face at the end of each year, where you're thinking about what kind of athlete you're going to be. So, Hunter, you've got something queued up for us to actually talk about the previous year and kind of where we all stand with the stuff we had set up at the beginning of 2019. Yeah, we can talk about that at the end, I thought. But first, I think the, um, you know, this time of year is really when people are setting goals. Everybody's setting New Year's resolution. And, you know, I don't like the the term resolution anyways. But uh, it's like there were just because you know, I have goals doesn't mean I had a problem. Yeah, that's right. You know I mean? that's that's right. Not a, I'm not resolving an issue. Just yeah, well, I feel like I've, like resolution, like Ben Franklin has to be there and we've got to sign a sheet of paper. Like, yeah. It's not that serious. Re- we need to have a revolution from resolutions. That's that. right. uh, no, that's but why sure. would I trade one goal? I feel like you two rehearse that. <laughs> <laughs> there, mm. there, there's no way you two didn't rehearse that. No. <laughs> We're just good, bro. That's right. I Same mean, we're, we're 50-something episodes mind. deep. We're just... Uh, we've, uh, we've both been reading a lot of Ryan Holiday lately. <laughs> That's the thing. You're mind-mouthing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so, you know, this is a time of year when everybody... Well, most people are saying, well, what what do I want to change? And I would say the majority of people set a goal or resolution, and then by, by February, they're just... this. It's completely gone by the wayside. You see it at, at gyms, not at our gyms, typically because the type of people who are doing that are not really coming into CrossFit first day. But, you know, at the regular gym, it's like super crowded for a couple of weeks and then it's back to normal um, or anything else. And so I, I think what we kind of want to do is have a two-part series here. And first one will be how to set goals, how to set the right goals, you know, strategies to figure out what you should actually be setting and what they should look like. And, uh, and then for the second part, we'll talk about um, – how to make sure you achieve them and so kind of how to set up the habits and and all that to uh to get going so it'll be fun so as usual we the the reason we can talk about this um with a little bit of intelligence is because we've made mistakes over the years setting goals in the wrong way and then kind of recovered from that and settled into attainable goals achievable goals like this is uh lessons from skin knees right oh yeah definitely i mean i think um, it's something that I've done for probably my whole life is setting goals and not necessarily January 1 setting a goal for the year, but a lot of times it's just setting a goal for a specific thing that I want to do. And some of them I achieve, some of them, you know, a lot of them I haven't. Um, I've got more into the uh, long, setting longer term goals lately, but it's I think it's still good to, to, to set some every year because a year is just a nice, neat way to at the end of the year, you can look back on the on the year as a whole and kind of uh, chart your progress or whatever, and so kind of review how your goals went. Um, so, 
I think that, you know, just setting yearly goals is a great start for people if they have never really gotten the habit of setting goals and then, and then achieving them and setting more goals and achieving them. So the, the annual scope really pulls you out of one of the, the biggest mistakes, which is uh, setting a goal that you could accomplish really quickly and then losing steam. And, you know, a lot of that usually starts with opening a fitness tracker on, on Christmas morning. And, you know, you go through all this stuff and set up, well, I'm going to burn this many calories. And then you just kind of, because the, the goal is so short-sighted, then when it's accomplished, or even when you get just a few weeks into it and you realize I'm not going to make this in the time domain that I set up mm-hmm. and you check out and then you're done. Right. So, um, so you would say probably step one is just looking at the time domain and making it something that's long enough where you have to stick with it for a while before you can even get a gauge on whether you're going to meet it or not. I would say step one is figuring out what goal you can set that will have the biggest impact on your life. So this will probably take a lot of introspection and maybe take some sitting down time to sit down and think, but saying if what would I if, what could I do that would really move the needle the most in my life and for everybody obviously that's going to be different um it could be I need to lose weight I need to put on weight I want to get in shape or it could be you know financially related I need to start saving money every month or I need to pay off some loans or it could be um a, you know diet related it could be you know I need to quit eating fast food I need to cut out sugar quit drinking so much alcohol could be job. I mean, it, it's there's a million different things it could be, but you need to set goals that are going to really have an impact on your life. Um, because if I say um, I want to lose 10 pounds this year, okay, well, if you lose 10 pounds, how much is that going to really affect you? I mean, it'll it'll definitely have some effect and it'll feel good to accomplish it, but that's not going to really move the needle a whole lot. But if you say <clears throat> I want to lose 50 pounds or I want to be get down to, you know, 5% body fat or 10% body, whatever, you know, setting a goal that's going to be really have a big impact on, on your life and your, and your, you know, just overall health and, and everything like that, then you're, you could start getting excited about it. And it's also going to, um, you know, make a big difference. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm big on setting goals that are going to have an impact, you know, not setting small goals. So that's what I would, I would say the first step would be what, what can I do that's going to be um, have the biggest impact. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. You want to, you want to do something that, that definitely kind of, uh, punches you in the gut, sobers you up a little bit and gets you thinking, uh, gets you thinking about, you know, the long-term consequences of if I, if I just course correct this a little bit, where it's going to take me, uh, where it's going to take me in the, uh, in the long run. And, um, I think the thing that, uh, I think the thing that a lot of people struggle with, like when you said, a lot of people say, "Okay, I want to lose 10 pounds or or 20 pounds." Well, I mean, you know, you're a, you're you're one you're one stomach bug away from a, from losing 10 pounds right, yeah. in a in a few days. <laughs> so uh, I think what a lot of people struggle with is kind of setting it up where you know, oh, okay, do um do I want to lose 10 pounds or do I want to uh, um have a goal that allows me to set a habit to become more healthy. So instead of saying, I'm going to lose 10 pounds, do I say, I want to get to the gym four days a week? You know, I want yeah. to, or I want to eat, uh, eat a serving of fruits and vegetables at every single meal. Yeah. Or 
something or uh, something to that effect. I think uh, I, I think there's a there's a fine line maybe but maybe depending on the goal. And this is something that I actually I wanted to bring up in this in this episode and get your opinion on. When is it maybe appropriate to have various, a goal that's very specific? Or maybe something that's just kind of overarching that leads to a specific goal. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on on the specific instance, but I definitely think as far as goals, they need to be very specific. Um, so let's say, in general, you're trying to figure out what goal you want to set, and you say, I want to be like what Ben set last year. I want to be in the best shape of my life by the time I'm 40. Okay. So that's generally what I'm going for. But then you got to break that down and say, okay, well, what does that actually look like? No. Um, so it could be, I mean, everybody's best shape of their life is different. Like for somebody, it could be, I want to be able to lift a certain amount of weight or somebody else. It could be, I want to get to this body fat percent or somebody else. It might be, I want to be down 50 pounds or I want to be able to see my abs or something. It's different for everybody. So you have to then go, go dig in and say, what does that look like for me? um specifically and then from there you could set a, an actual goal um and then kind of set a plan and i think in part two we can get really dig into the habits and and stuff that you need to set to do it but i think right now the first thing is making sure that we know exactly what we're working towards so it needs to be specific um another thing with goals i think is that a big big mistake a lot of people make is that they make too many they set too many mm. so it's really it's really fun to sit down and say, what all do I want to change in my life? And just start writing down the list. And the next thing you know, you got 10 or 15 goals. Well, the human brain can only focus on uh, a certain amount of things at once. And if you're getting pulled in 15 different directions because you have 15 different goals, chances are that you're not going to achieve any of them because, you know, after a month, you, you haven't really made progress towards any of your 15 different directions. I, I, I would encourage people to, to set no more than two or three goals but make those goals big. And like I said a minute ago, that are going to have the biggest impact. So one strategy to do would say, all right, let's look at my life and what things do I want to change? Write down a list. I mean, write down everything that comes to mind. So you might think of 10, 15, 20 things. And then the, the tendency would be to set a goal for each one of those categories. But I would say, let's call through all that, pick out the three that will have the biggest move the needle the most for you in this year. So if you need to get your finances in order, it could be, I need to start saving some money every month or I need to pay off this debt or so-and-so. Like if, if I achieve this goal by the end of the year, my life will be a lot better, a lot different. My fi financial life will be a lot different. Or you say, I want to, you know, I want to lose, you know, I want to get healthy. Okay, well, I'm, losing 50 pounds will make a drastic impact for me. It's going to affect my blood, my blood work. It's going to make me feel better. It's going to probably... Um, change my life expectancy. So this is very important. So that then you go through and say, okay, these are the three things that I really need to focus on. All these other things are important. I would love to get to them, but I need to focus on these three and devote all my energy to those to make sure I, I, uh, I achieve them. And, and the funny thing is, if you do that and you really start changing the type, the person that you are to be able to achieve those things, a lot of those other ones are going to kind of happen anyway. Um, so that's, that's what I would say. I would say make a list of all the stuff that you want to do and then pick out the three biggest movers on that list and, and say, these are the three areas that I want to do. And then that's when you can go into specifics. If, 
some some people might already have a specific goal that they know they want to do. Like I want to be able to run a mile in this amount of time, or I want to be able to lose 50 pounds. Or some people might just not really know exactly what it is. They know I want to feel better. I want to look better. And then you got to dig in and say, all right, let's get a very specific goal. And then after you have that specific goal, you need to set a specific date that you're going to achieve it Mm. because you're not going to, um, if you don't know when you need to achieve something and what you need to do, you're not ever going to get there. And I see this like sometimes at the gym, we'll write out, write your goal. And somebody, people will write something like, uh, I want to eat healthier or I want to work out more. I'm like, okay, well, what does that even look like? Like, how do you know if you're going to achieve it or not? That's so vague that it's, you're, it's not going to affect any change in your life because you're not, you're not specifying what that looks like. And you're not specifying how, whether you know, uh, whether, if you know how to know whether you're going to achieve it or not. And I really think you're just writing that up there to feel good about yourself, about writing something up on the board. Honestly, you're, that's not going to change anything in your life. The, when, when it comes to goals, you got to think these are just tools. They're not like the, the, the ultimate goal, you know, the ultimate point of all this is to, to have positive change in your life. And so goals are just tools to help you get to make changes in your life. They're not the end, end, end all be all of what you're ultimately trying to do, if that makes sense. So, Mm. um, using goals as tools and for them to be tools, there needs to be, they need to be specific and they need to have a specific endpoint. Yeah, I think people get caught in this trap of they have effect goals. Like the effect is I'm going to be a 34 waist. The effect is I'm going to feel, but they don't have any cause goals. So, so they, they have this like, all right, let's take the 10 pounds because that's the easiest to wrap your mind around. So they try something and they're like, oh my gosh, it's been two weeks. I've only lost two pounds. I'm going to change and do this now. I'm going to change and do that now. And this, so they, they don't have any cause goals. They're just kind of chasing an effect. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I mean, you could, you could get a stomach bug and lose 10 pounds. Well, that's not exactly what they meant. And they know that they don't feel better because of it. So they don't have anything to latch onto. I've noticed in, in, in my life, a lesson that I've tried to pass along to a lot of people is the level of intentionality with which you set the goals really translates into the level of intentionality with which you pursue the goals. So it's very common for people like, let's say New Year's Day, they're sitting down, you know, the game's on or whatever. And they're like, you know what? While I'm having this cheese dip with sausage, I'm going to set some goals here. And they scratch it out on a sheet of paper and they may even put it up on the refrigerator or on their mirror, but they've done it in isolation. If you get really intentional about this goal setting, if you say to someone who's in the fitness industry, I'd like to lose 10 pounds, someone in the fitness industry is immediately going to say, that's a terrible goal. You know, immediately they're going to say that. All right. So what is it you're really after? And then you get super intentional and that's how you get to these cause goals. A person who knows something about finances, if you just say, well, I'd like to save some money in 2020. Well, okay. Well, that's probably not going to happen. That that would be the effect. But what are you going to change in your life to make that happen? Then you get to these goals that are cause based and measurable and give you that positive feedback as you're going along. You know, that's another thing we see a lot inside of coyote people are like man i'm and and i fell into this trap this has to happen by this date and if it doesn't then that's not going to happen and that's not going to happen if you set the right kind of goals you're like hey let's back up a little bit you haven't lost 10 pounds but the really the cause goal was you working out more days than you're resting okay in a good ratio have you done that over the past month yeah okay well then there's probably some other problem that we need to attack and it keeps you in it you know Mm -hmm. um i think being able to 
like you're saying, Hunter, taking these goals down to the major areas of your life, whatever different people based on their belief system set these up different ways, but it really breaks down to your personal goals, your relational goals, your physical goals, and your spiritual goals. I mean, and what a, any book you read about this, you're going to get down to a, basically three or four categories and to be able to set one for each of those. And uh, I love what you're pointing out here, Hunter, a good goal in one of those areas is automatically going to spill over into the others. So you get momentum even financially. If you're not swinging past and picking up fast food every time you pass by a place, it, that's not even your financial goal. You're just doing that because you're fitness but they're all affecting each other. Mm -hmm. It's the same reason why if you get off the rails in one area of your life, all the other areas go off the rails as well. So it's a little bit of encouragement there to say, if you're writing goals down by yourself that are only um, pinpointing the effects, you're probably setting yourself up to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, for, with the, with the weight loss example, a lot of that is going to be outside of your control. You can control, um, you know, your habits and stuff that you, can do, but you, you're not going to be able to control sometimes, you know, what your body does and how it responds and all and everything like that, or if you get sick or whatever. Um, so, you know, setting that goal, but then is, you know, if that's what you really want to do, if you say you want to lose 10 pounds, you got to say, well, why do I want to lose 10 pounds? And then you got to dig down into what the real ultimate result you want to be is maybe, maybe you just want to, you know, look better in your clothes or feel better with your shirt off or at the beach or whatever. And then you can kind of dig down into what that exactly looks like. And then you can kind of, you know, break it down into habits and, and, and stuff like that, which we can talk about at a different point. But I think setting, like you said, the, the goals that are going to allow you to set up processes to achieve them and that you can track and measure and all that stuff is going to set you up for success. Um, so we kind of talked about the, the, not setting too many goals, so breaking it down to two or three goals that are going to move, move the needle the most. Um, setting specific goals um, that are that have specific results that you know when you achieve them. Um, setting a timeline that you're going to achieve them by, and then the the last thing that I encourage people to do is to set goals that scare you. Don't set small goals because um, when goals are a tool. And if you set a goal that you're not sure that you can achieve and it scares you, what it's going to do is it's going to motivate you into action. So say we'll take the weight loss example for setting a 10 pound goal that doesn't, I mean, lo losing 10 pounds, that's not really going to excite a whole, whole lot of people setting, losing a hundred pounds it, and, and say you lose 10 pounds, that's not going to change your life a whole lot say, I want to lose a hundred pounds. Okay. Now this is obviously an extreme example, but okay. Somebody that needs to lose a hundred pounds, if they lost a hundred pounds, that's going to completely change their life. And they're also going to have to become a completely different person to be able to achieve that. They're going to have to work out consistently all the time. They're going to have to track their food and diet consistently all the time. And the person that they will be when they have achieved that goal is a completely different person than, than who they are at this point. And so you can take that over into any, any aspect of life, say what you want to do and set your goals so high that they scare the crap out of you. Like, Oh man, I don't know if I can do that. That is crazy. Like, but think about, think about it this way. If you set your goal, set your goal to lose a hundred pounds. And then in a year you lost 70, you didn't technically achieve your goal, but I promise you, 
you're still going to have, have come so far and changed so much that you're going to be much better off than if you would have set your goal at 10 pounds and, and achieved it. Um, and so I like to tell people and, and for me, myself included, I set goals that scare me like that. I'm not sure if I can really do it. Like, for example, I set a goal of reading a hundred books this year. I was like, man, I don't know if I can do that. Like, even though I read a lot that like, that's a ton. And it is like, man, I got it. I better, I better start getting, <laughs> I better start getting to work. You know, I started the year off, like just, just going and trying to get ahead of schedule. Cause I knew it was going to be really hard to do. And, and so setting goals that scare you, that are going to motivate you into action and that are going to, if you achieve them, they're going to have a huge impact on your life. I think is extremely important instead of setting these play it safe goals where I'm just going to set this goal low. So it's a low hurdle that I can easily jump over. Chris, would you say that, um, I'm just having this thought with you being on the floor a lot that, you know, people tend to set these, um, lower goals because they're planning these goals in isolation. What Hunter's talking about seems more uh, able to happen because you're in community. You're being vocal about these goals. Like Hunter and I have a friendship, but I've known for a while what his goal is. He's gone public with that stuff. <laughs> you know, so if he's got to tell me, uh, yeah, I got to 35 this year, that's going to be a very public thing. And so I think part of a, a lot of people have anxiety setting big goals like, oh my gosh, I've never done that in my entire life. There's no way I can do it now. But it's the communal aspect of of CrossFit that helps those really big goals seem attainable, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when we, uh, it's, it's easy when you, uh, when you isolate yourself to get in your own head and tell yourself things that, um, that, uh, that fit your, that fit your own narrative or, uh, or even, um, or even, uh, beat yourself, uh, beat yourself up. So it's good to, it's good to be around other people to have, uh, to just get get a different perspective on the situation to have people there to remind you you know if you, you get to the end of the year and like we were talking about with the example of losing 100 pounds yeah you didn't um you didn't technically meet your goal but the people outside looking in are you know gonna look at you and say dude you know, so what you lost 70 pounds you look great and look at all of the uh look at all the uh the, all the ways that you have changed that you have completely changed your life around just in the act of going after that goal with everything, with, with everything that you had. And, uh, that's what, uh, is what will help set you up for, for long-term success. Like you know, if, if you have somebody in that situation, you know, if we're going to use that, if you're using that specifically, you know, not only are, is there going to be, have to be a drastic change to get as close to that goal as possible, but even to sustain it for the rest of your life. And, um, um, so the, and, uh, people, uh, people feel, uh, feel safe in a community and um, then they feel uh, they feel better and uh, uh, rising tide lifts all ships mm, and yeah. uh, so it's good to good to good to di get to dive in and seek others perspective on your uh, on your journey I love the challenge you're giving Hunter because the truth of the matter is and this is part of this topic no one really wants to talk about uh, but most people are mentally very weak and this is a huge advantage to our form of exercise and that it does not allow you to stay in that position in homeostasis there of just a weak mind to try to get to a goal. I mean, you look at a wad or you look at even accessory work, and you're like, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to do that? Can I accomplish that? So we're training in, in CrossFit and Coyote Fitness, we're training the mind as well as the body. Mm -hmm. So these goals that seem, uh, and, and people who are, 
crazy successful and have been throughout the centuries in business and other places, they say this exact same thing. You pick a big goal. You pick an audacious goal. You know, there's all sorts of language around it. Yeah. But most people are like, oh, well, that's not me, man. I really can't do that. Well, um, Coyote Fitness on a daily basis um, makes you face that part of yourself and kind of get close to those scary things and try to accomplish them. And you get those little building blocks to say, you know what? I actually just did 100 burpees for time. On paper, I thought that could never happen, but I did it, you know? Mm -hmm. So those bigger goals, even though they are big in the beginning because of the community, because your increased mental capacity, your your fitness mentally, they get smaller over time, you know? So yeah. the goal of 100 pounds, you hit 70, I guarantee you that athlete is going to say when they hit 70 at the end of the year, new goal, 30 pounds, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm just going to keep going. So, you know, part of the mental part of this is a really big thing. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think that that setting, you know, like you said, big, huge goals is outside of most people's comfort zone because they just, they don't think they can do it. But if you do, then you have to start thinking of how you're going to achieve it and it's going to get you to, to, to get into action. And then if you do get into action, you're going to end up a lot farther ahead than, than you would. I was, I want to give a couple examples from, from my life. And one of these, I haven't ever told anybody. So, um, just going to put it out there. And it looked mm. like a ticker tape sound or something. Yeah. <laughs> So this just in the, when I was, um, when I went to college Millsaps to play baseball, I remember my freshman year that I walked in there and this, a lot of this was just cockiness being a young 18 year old cocky kid. But I said, uh, told myself that I was gonna be the best player that ever played there. And I had that in my mind throughout my whole time at Millsaps. It was just like, and that was kind of like a motivating thing. Like, if I'm going to achieve this, like, I'm going to have to, there's a lot of stuff that I got to get better at. And I, it drove me to do better. And I kind of broke down my my game from every aspect. I worked on my arm strength. I worked on my speed. I worked on my my bat, my swing. I worked on my um, strength in the gym, all that type of stuff. Like, I worked really, really hard. And that constantly motivated me. And, you know, whether I ended up getting that or not, you, you know, that's, that's beside the point. Um, and, and that's up to opinion. But I know for a fact that I, I had a much better career than I would have had if, like, other, a lot of my other friends who I talked to about it said, I just I hope I get a chance to play by my junior year. I, I like to contribute to the team by my junior year and all that type of stuff. And, that, and they did do that. They were able to become a, you know, Maybe they started some their junior year. Maybe they got to start by their senior year and they had they got to play. But that was their goal because I know that's what their goal because that's what they told me was. I didn't tell them what my goal was because they would have been – that would have made them resent me or, you know, who does he think he is that he can he can do this or do that or other. But I know for a fact that the reason I was able to have such a good career because that was my goal and I constantly worked towards it and that's what drove me. Um, and then I think – in that aspect, I, I did the right thing. Now, my next goal for my baseball career was I wanted to play professionally, um, and I achieved it, but I don't think I set that high enough. I think if I would have said I want to be a major league all-star, which I don't think I ever would have achieved it, but I think if that had been my goal, I would have gotten farther along than I did in my professional career because I didn't set my goal high enough. And the same thing for my CrossFit. When I started competing in CrossFit, I set, set my goal as I want to go to the games. And I was close. I never achieved it. But I think if my goal had been I want to get on the podium at the games, 
that would have motivated me to push myself harder. It's like, if I want to get on the podium, I'm going to have to um, do work a lot harder. I'm going to have to turn over more stones than I've, I've, I've turned over. And I don't, I don't, I know for a fact, I never would have got on the podium at the games, but I think I would have had a, you know, better chance of making, actually making it to the games. If that had been my goal, because I would have been pushed harder. You look at the guys who have won the games or uh, been up there on the podium, and I promise you, if you go back to before when they started, they're telling people, I'm going to win the CrossFit Games. They've they've said that. Matt Frazier said it before he ever won it, and that's the reason that he did. If Matt Frazier had said, I just want to I want to uh, do make it to the Games and, and have a good showing, that's what he, we, he never would have won. I promise you that aspect. And so those are just a couple of examples of ways that I – I think I set a good audacious goal and I think I, I should have set goals higher. And so I try to keep that in mind for, for my life going forward in any aspect I need to set. If, if there's something I want to do, I need to, you know, shoot for the stars because even if I don't get there, I'm still going to achieve a lot more than if I would have just set um, a goal that uh, this makes me feel kind of good. I think I'll be happy if I achieve it. Yeah, it's got to link into your motivation, right? I mean, yeah. this is something, if you talk about goals, you got to talk about, about motivation. So just out of curiosity, I'd love for the people that, that listen to this podcast that see you guys rightfully so is like, man, they've got this fitness thing dialed in. I'm just kind of getting started or I'm going through my sophomore slump. Like what, it, what is it that motivates you guys in your own fitness journey or maybe even in setting goals for your life? What's that thing that really gets you going? Uh, Hunter, you kind of tipped your hat a little bit of um, what motivates me is setting these huge goals because I know it's going to get me in that gear of success. You know, some people uh, may be a little bit different than that. What's, what motivates you, Chris? Just from, from a fitness perspective? Yeah, well, anything that's on top of mind right now. but Yeah, um, as, far as, uh, as far as just my own, uh, my own personal fitness, I think I talked about this uh, a little bit on the uh, – you know, kind of my, my background episode, it's to not, not allow myself to, uh, not allow myself to accept, uh, mediocrity to, or to, uh, to not get a, to not get in that habit, to not, to not shut down when, um, when challenges arise. And I talk, I, I've said before, for me, every workout is a crucible. Every workout is a, is a challenge set, uh, set before me. And if I get in the habit of, letting uh just kind of pushing that away i don't i really don't need to i really don't need to do that or i really i can i can change this up or something like that if i if it starts as a habit in the gym it'll carry over uh, it'll carry over outside of the gym so it's a uh it is something that uh it is something that that i do so that i can so that i can teach uh, that i can teach my kids that sometimes you're going to have to do things that uh that are outside of your comfort zone that make you uncomfortable and anything um anything worth doing is worth doing with your absolute best effort yeah it's it's so interesting to me you guys have very different personalities but that part of being successful is extremely similar uh just ran across my mind my kid has a reading challenge at school i can't wait for hunter's kids to come home with their school reading challenge four books one is this hunter's like get get that out of here we better finish it tonight yeah that's right we're going for a hundred you know here start with ryan holiday right (laughs) it's a nice easy easy layup right yeah the obstacle is the way get used to it kid preschool reading list (laughs) so yeah so motivation is a big factor and i think you know over the year, if you're looking at annual uh, domain, 
then your motivation is going to change. I think that's something that really trips athletes up inside of Cody Fitness. It's like, man, I set this goal with this motivation, but now that I'm in it and I've learned more about it, I mean, as your knowledge increases, so does your motivation. And people have trouble with that shift, you know. Uh, that can be a big problem. Like I was motivated to do this because, but now I've under beginning to understand 15 pounds is kind of a bag. I can lose 15 pounds in a really bad way. So how do I make that shift? You know, that's where the communal piece comes in is such a big deal. And talking to people who are, I know you guys shy away from this word, but guys who are really experts in the field of how to get from one place to another place that's better. I mean, you guys have set your life up to help people go through that process, you know? So if, if we could, could we talk about in, in goal setting just a minute, maybe the pitfalls or what would be a bad motivator for a goal? I know we've talked a lot about cause and effect and all that, but people who have bad motivations for goals, let's be frank about it. You see that a lot. Like, hey, that's yeah. a, that was a bad motivation. Mm -hmm. What are some common pitfalls that, that athletes fall into? I, th I think, um, number one, doing what they think they they should do because other people are doing it so uh i want to be able to you know do ring muscle up because so-and-so can do it or i want to be able to uh compete because so-and-so um competes um and not really wanting to do that personally i think just doing what 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 in the gym doing what they think they should be doing at this point in their career um, or doing this because so-and-so does it. Um, you have to really, like you said, know what motivates you and what you're excited about and, um, and set your goal in that area. Uh, now losing, say we keep going back to this example, but losing hundred pounds, like that might not be exciting. That might seem terrible and daunting and all that type of stuff, but you know, it's important to you. Um, but not doing it because um, other people say that you should. You know, if if you're happy with where you're at, then um, you know, figuring out something that you that really you really think you need to move the needle. Now there is going to be some accountability in that, and some people might might say, no, you really need to do this, and mm. I know that you don't want to, but you really need to. But at the same time, if it's like a performance based goal, or I think I need to qualify for this competition, or you just feel a lot of external pressure from other people to do something that's, that's having a good hard look. Do I really want to do this or is there something else I'd rather be focused on? Yeah, I'd say that's, that's a common one that I see, you know, chasing the rabbit, picking that person that like, Oh, that, that goal seems like a goal I should have. And then, yeah. you know, just competing against that other person all the time. Yeah. And you you saying, lose your own journey. I, I want to look like so-and-so. Well, are you willing to put in the three hours of the gym every single day and track your food and sleep nine hours and track your recovery and, get massages and all that type of stuff, stretch all the time. Are you willing to do all that? If you're, Do you realize what it's going to take to get that? If not, then let's figure out something that's a little bit more attainable to you and your personal life because you got three kids and they don't sleep through the night right now. You know? Right, yeah. There's a difference between you having a big goal and you borrowing someone else's yeah, big goal. Exactly. That's self-sabotage, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, we, we meet a lot of people that are like, you listen to their goal and you're thinking, hey, wait a minute, didn't you just like buy a new business this year yeah, right. like, hey let, let's let's slow down a little a little here and let's figure out what's actually going to be uh there's a difference between big and just foolish you know uh so yeah i think a lot of people picking that other person and and trying to make that happen i i agree with you i think that's a big one yeah. uh, what do you see often yeah I, I i think in my my thought kind of 
piggybacks off of that, and that's just jumping uh, jumping into goals without really looking at it and understanding if I'm going to do this, I'm going to have to make some sacrifices. And if, I, if I'm not willing or able to make those sacrifices, then the goal is probably going to have to change. Like you were talking about if somebody says, okay, I want to – I want to make a uh, I want to make a sanctional this year and like you know like you said I mean did then you just start a business don't you have two kids at home I mean you're talking you're talking about if you want to make a sanctional having to spend uh you know 4 hours in the gym at a time and probably doing multiple sessions a day right <laughs> you yeah. know just to just in hopes of qualifying <laughs> yeah right. and then if you do qualify for the sanctional and you get to go and compete great that's awesome like is it worth all the time and effort yeah. that you put into it? Just to go to that Yeah, sanctional. that's not going to really change your life anything. That's one thing that I learned in all this time that I put into training. And, yeah, you know, I, I achieved a lot. But did it really have a, a big impact on my life as a whole? Yeah. 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 Those are lessons learned, right? I mean, yeah. you know, somebody had a couple of years ago thumped you on the skull with that knowledge. You'd be like, you know what? Get out of my face. I got a big goal. I'm, right. not, I'm not about that right now. But, right. you know. That's just part of the maturation process of setting those goals. And uh, here's another thing that I've, I've seen is that goals can change. That doesn't mean that you failed. Exactly. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you, you set a goal in January and then you get to March and you realize it was informed. I talked to people, but man, there was this key element that was missing here. And that's kind of changed things for me, you know, um, being able to adjust a goal or erase a goal and make it something different. That doesn't mean that you're a failure for the rest of the year. It actually means that you're improving in your ability to set the right kinds of goals. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of people who set these goals at the beginning of the year and then something goes on and it's, it's not always an injury. It can be information like, man, I got to I just got some new information that I'm fighting this huge food allergy and I like, I got to give a lot of attention to adjusting my diet. And that's maybe going to hurt my performance for the next three weeks while I'm trying to get this adjusted. You know, I got to change my goal here. And so many people take a huge dip when that happens yeah. and it takes them three months to recover from the fact that they're not chasing what they set in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a really good point because remember that goals are just tools and you know, you might get a month or two into one and say, man, I really don't want to do this. I'm not enjoying this at all. And I thought I wanted to do this, but I don't. And being able to say, okay, well, let's take a step back and focus on something else. And then we'll figure out what I really want to do. And then we can set a goal in that category, but it doesn't mean you're a failure. Um, they're just helping you get to where, to where you want to be. Yeah. The goal it, is to stay in the game, right? Yeah, It doesn't mean that if you have, if you have to kind of change midstream like that it doesn't mean that you didn't gain anything from that process i mean you didn't learn anything about yourself yeah, so you're i mean it's a it's still a net positive in the yeah. end yeah losses are only our learning experience they're not going to be a loss if you learn something from it yeah so easy to say sit behind these microphones but yeah. when you don't hit that uh shoulder to overhead that you've been chasing for about seven months yeah mm -hmm. but you you know and most people knew at month four I need to adjust this mm -hmm. or what I really need to do is set up some sessions to learn how to actually hit the power position, not just pull harder from the floor, but yeah. they spend about four months just pulling harder from the floor and that's mm -hmm. not going to affect anything. So, you know, it, this, it's such a complex thing, but the, the great value in this whole process 
is that you're engaging in making yourself better in a way that you probably never have before. Mm-hmm. That's the big game changer. You are you are affecting life instead of life affecting you. Yep. And learning how to take a little bit of control over yourself, your experience. I mean, backing up just a little bit with the way that we started, can you imagine walking into 2020 and saying, man, instead of being a victim or a recipient of whatever life throws at me, I'm going to build the muscle of being able to affect what goes on in my life. A lot of people struggle with uh, the fact that they don't, they can't make a lot of big decisions because they've got these, these big things going on in their world. Like I can't change the fact that I've got to work 50 hours a week. Well, okay, let's take that as a, as a big rock. All right. So what's some sand that we can affect around that? Let's set some goals in that area. Man, there's just nothing like being able to, and Coyote is doing this for, for people over and over and over again. No matter what's going on in your world, there are some things that you can exercise control and feel like you said, Chris, the, the net positive over time. Man, what a, what a life-changing thing. That's why people talk about Coyote the way that they do. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not because they look better on the beach, although we all do. You know, some of us have just nice. learned to keep our shirt on at the <laughs> beach. That's, that's our goal. That's the way we've improved, right? Uh, maybe go sleeveless. Uh, that's, that's the compromise. <laughs> all right, so now we get into the uh, – this is going to be the real – interesting part of this episode here personal part outside the box Woo-hoo. i don't know i don't yeah every time we try to make it a little different it sounds the same so our outside the box is actually reviewing um for us our personal goals and uh just being totally honest about how we did if we met them what they were uh, man, this is a little bit scary. I'll have to be honest. I'd rather not be a part of this, but <laughs> I have to. So I don't know. I don't even want to go first. So Vulnerability. Why, yeah, yeah. Why don't we uh, start with you, Hunter? We'll work our way around just a couple of the goals and how you did with them. Okay. Um, one of the goals I set uh, at the first of the year was to go three months without uh, eating pro- refined processed sugar or uh, drinking alcohol, and I did that. And that was very helpful for me because I was on the road a lot at that time, driving a lot, and it had become very easy to stop at the gas station and buy some junk or something um, because I was tired and my willpower is down and all that type of stuff. Um, so that, I did that, and I felt really good. So um, I think I'm going to continue on that this year. I want to talk about that more next uh, episode. Um, so that was one. And then, you know, the main goal that I set for last year was to read 100 books. Um, I set that because um, – since I started reading consistently again a few years ago, like it's had such a big impact on my life um, in just so many different areas, business, personal, um, financial, all of that stuff. And so spiritual, everything. And so I just knew that I, it was something that I was scared. I wasn't sure I could do it. It was almost double from the books that I read the year before. So I did it and um, it motivated me to, to get, get uh, achieve it and so th- when this episode comes out it'll be the day before the new year and I should have achieved that right at this moment I finished 95 and I'm on wow. um part way through all the other five and I have two weeks and the rest of the year to be able to get through them I've so, heard rumor that like you have you're 99 and 100 are both Dr. Seuss <laughs> just <laughs> no, so you can no they're you not know. so uh, <laughs> <laughs> no they're not I, I'll tell you how I how I did this and I, I kind of just broke it down to, I knew I needed to read, finish, be finished with two books a week. And so to get the ball rolling, I started with, I made sure I was done with two short books the first week of the year. And then I'd also started some longer books. And so 
I was kind of keeping track of it every week and I knew if I was getting close to the end of the week and I'm not close to finishing any books, like I need to really work on focus on these one or two books that I'm closest to finishing it. That way I could kind of keep the momentum. Now that I was ahead of pace through about June and then um, we had um, our um, head coach in Oxford um, step step away. And so I, ha I was having to drive up to Oxford a lot. And so I've been spending a lot of time in Oxford and that really kind of set me back. Um, and I kind of fell behind my pace in like August, September. And so I've really been kind of digging deep here the last few months and I got back on pace. And so I should be able to finish, but um, just breaking it down into small parts and knowing where I needed to be at different points in the year um, has helped me out a lot. And then I, I, I post every, all of them on Instagram so I can, can kind of go back and review um, where I'm at. And so I've, I've been able to go back and do that. But I know if I had not set that goal, I wouldn't have come anywhere close to finishing that many books just with life and everything. Um, so I'm pretty proud of that. Um, it's one of the hardest things that I've done. Um, and so I, you know, I want to continue to do that going forward because it's the effect that it has on my life is just, I, I can't even quantify it. So I, those are the two main ones I set for this year. Um, some long-term goals that I, I achieved this year were getting married. Um, and so you that found was, somebody that's more that's impressive right. than a hundred books. You that's found right. somebody willing to marry you. Wow. It's been, it's been a pretty crazy year. Um, got married, bought a Search house. Search the world over. Yeah, that's right. So, um, so those were some stuff that I had written down, you know, um, a while ago and, and to, th to see those come to fruition was pretty cool. Well, congratulations, man. I make, yeah, well I make done. fun of you because it's so intimidating. <laughs> it's, it's my, uh, it's my response there to things that intimidate me. Yeah. I should have gone first. <laughs> I don't think I could thumb Wait, through a hundred. You, know, you know what's funny is that I went back and listened to our, our episode from the first of the year last year where we set these goals to see what everybody had set. And this is the same order we went. And after I went, Chris said the same thing. <laughs> I should have gone first. I should have gone first. I have a goal of going first. <laughs> so goal. next year, Chris is going first. Yeah. No, the, the next episode, I'm going, going first. first. Yeah, here are my goals. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so mine were, uh, I wanted to uh, read three books in three months. And, uh, <laughs> which, I mean, you know, that I wanted to, I wanted to get through three books in the first three months of the year. Cause I mean, I had never, I had never set any type of reading goal. And so I was like, you know, let's make something that's just, that's very obtainable. And so, uh, so I said, uh, I set out to do that. I did, uh, I did achieve that. And, um, and actually went, uh, went almost, uh, almost tripled it, um, hit, I, I would have, would have finished or I more than tripled it. I would have finished, uh, 10 books. I've still got time. Um, I'm, I finished the, uh, finished the year out with a couple of longer novels. Like, uh, I think the, most of the books I read throughout the year were like, um, 200, uh, like 280, 300, uh, 300 pages. And, um, and so I got through, got through those. And then the last two, I want, I wanted to read, uh, Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park and the Lost World got through Jurassic Park and I'm about I think somewhere around three quarters of the way through the Lost World so I still got time I could probably get on that a little bit and maybe finish it up then uh finish it up this week who knows but um definitely uh definitely changed me and then the fact of like just not being um intimidated by the fact of, you know, trying to carve out time, figuring out, you know, okay, if I'm going to sit down and read, you know, when am I going to read? I mean, I've got, at the, 
I've got a, a four-year-old at home. Am I, is she ever going to, is she going to give me time to achieve these goals? So what I, what I had to do was, uh, um, read in the bathroom. Yeah. That's well, I had to, yeah, <laughs> a, a little bit of that. I had to also, I had to, I had to make sure that I was, uh, that I was getting up before everybody else. So I was getting up 30 minutes, uh, 30 minutes earlier and, um, and just reading, uh, reading in the morning before I would, uh, you know, make breakfast or anything like that. And uh, the way that I, the way that I did it was, you know, I would take uh, take the book, um, see how many pages it was, divide it by the days in the month, and just okay, I, I as long as I get eight pages a day, I'm gonna finish this book by the uh, by the end of the month. And so that's what I did, and, you know. And obviously, I would miss a couple of days here and there, and so sometimes on the weekend, I'd have a you know little marathon session where I would read for an hour, hour and a half and try to at least get caught up or maybe even get a little bit ahead. Um, just anticipation uh, anticipation of what the, uh, what the next week week might bring. But so it's, um, it set me up to really, um, try to try to expand on that. I mean, hopefully, hopefully this year, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that in the, uh, in the next episode. But, uh, my other, um, my other goal was was a lot more a lot more vague and and should have had more uh, more thought into it and it was just to get in a routine and I guess it I guess it did I mean I was setting routines of getting up earlier than everybody else and um, having uh, having time having time to to myself and so and I stuck uh, I stuck with that for most of the year there was about a month. Uh, a month where I, I got back into sleeping in a little bit later, but um, as far as being more, being more routine and being on a schedule at home at work, I, it definitely uh, the setting up that habit of reading set me up to be able to be more disciplined in those other areas too. So, yeah, well, congratulations, man! Thank you. Uh, well done, well done. Yeah, so twenty twenty is a hundred books, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> clearly. Text. Yeah, that, that's my big goal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I actually had a few that developed, I think, after we recorded. But to address the the ones that we talked about on the episode first, uh, the 5 a.m. thing went really well for me for a very long time, and I'm I'm still in it. Uh, but there was a season where I t- I took a new job, a new position, and uh, man, it was it was putting a big strain on me. And I realized that waking up at 5 a.m. was actually hurting my performance for the rest of the day in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of let that breathe for a minute, uh, depending on what I, I needed, which was hard for me because I struggle with discipline. And I felt like if I let go of it, I would never go back to it, which has not been the case. I've actually been able uh, to return to it. But so the waking up at 5 a.m. has is, is actually gone really, really well. Um, I'm, I, I didn't bat a thousand. Um, I write when I wake up at 5 a.m. I write, uh, which I think I mentioned that. So I think by the end of the year, I'll have about somewhere close to 200 pages written, which tells me I was up and at my desk at 5 a.m. for around 200 mornings this year. So that that was a big one for me. Another one that emerged, though, was developing a card system for the things that I'm reading. I realized that I, I don't know how many books I've read in my lifetime, but it's been a lot, most of them forced, and I don't remember much from them. Um, and I realized this because I went back and reread a book this year that I had already read. I'm like, oh my gosh, I highlighted that or underlined <laughs> it. I don't remember anything about this, you know? So, uh, I learned about the card system through a couple of guys that I'm reading and I've actually set that up. The big thing for me where a lot of lessons were learned was the shape of my life by 40. 
uh, which I achieved, but in the wrong way. Uh, so it was a little bit disappointing, Chris. You were there with me when I actually realized what I had done. It was pretty deflating. Um, I had set some stuff in my mind that, that being in the shape of my life by 40 meant this particular thing. And I actually regressed in a lot of stuff to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, I was doing a lot of work, a lot of long uh, cardio kind of work, and it ended up compromising muscle mass, which was more important um, uh, in a lot of ways for me. Uh, that's actually what I meant <laughs> by shape of my life yeah. at 40, was having the correct uh, body fat percentage and muscle mass percentage, and I comp compromised a lot of that. Um, but I did have to look back and say, okay, I did row a marathon, so I've yeah. never done that before. Um, I almost hit a uh, 250 clean and jerk, so which almost hitting that was a pretty big deal for me, you know. Yeah. Um, the, I, the, the the fact of the matter is, like, regardless of whether or not you were, you, you know, you were you were sitting on, um, you know, a hundred, 130 pounds of lean muscle and you want it to be at 140 pounds of lean muscle does not, does not negate the fact that you are indeed in the best shape of your life, your, your work capacity and just the, just the scope of your fitness is broader than it has ever been by far at any point in your life. Yeah, that's it. So I, you helped through a lot of conversations. You helped me get there, but you had to mop me up off the floor. Let's be yeah. honest about it. I mean, you saw the look of realization like, oh my gosh, I've really screwed up here. Uh, but, you know, the interesting part is once I had that realization, I started to correct pretty quickly and I'm, yeah. and I'm getting back to where I was before. And uh, a lot of that means I'm not uh, on that assault bike as much as I used to be. I'm still on it, but not as much. Um, but the, the big thing for me, I had to do a lot of introspection and think, why was I setting that goal? Why was that so important to me? And I think a lot of it went down to trying to settle some demons that I had in my past from, from very young when I was, you know, the athlete, as, as we say a lot, you know, if you think you peaked at 18, what a sad life, but absolutely, I had to settle a lot of stuff down there and that I, I never was the strongest guy in the weight room. I never was the most disciplined guy. And that had bothered me all these years and 40 is a huge marker. And I'm like, you know what? I want to settle that. So, uh, being more consistent in the gym, uh, definitely that was the case almost all year so I um also just an update because I know people are really waiting for this the pencil shavings in my mason jar my mason jar is almost full so <laughs> uh, go. that's going to be a source of pride for me uh but yeah I've, I feel a lot of my goals Hunter and I were talking actually a couple of days ago you know 200 days that means that I didn't accomplish my goal of waking up at 5 a.m a lot of days <laughs> you know 365 minus 200 um, so I missed it a lot, but the fact is the year before I didn't wake up at 5am at yeah. all. I missed it 365 days. Yeah. So, uh, inadvertently I did set those really big goals that even though I'm, I missed them in some ways, I feel pretty good about what I've been able to accomplish, especially with all the life change that's gone on, uh, for me. So that's the update on my goals, uh, for sure. I'm ready to, to get to set some new ones. Uh, I think they'll be a little bit more refined for 2020 than, than they were for 2019. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so Hunter informed me of what mine were last year, but I, <laughs> I actually, I actually managed to f go back and find, uh, my actual list. Uh, it did, it's the same as you, Ben, it got it revised a little bit. Uh, the original list included like learn more about photography and apply it and, limit fast food to once a week and stuff like that. And then, uh, then we got pregnant, uh, completely expectedly, 
totally calculated, 100% knowledge of where my life is going. Uh, me and my wife. Just to clear that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that that not to not to use excuses, but that that brought a lot of different lifestyle changes uh, that were unexpected. And then also my job changed pretty similar to you, Ben. No, actually, no, not similar to you, but uh, at least on paper, similar to you, my job changed in a lot of ways uh, through some, you know, changing circumstances at, at uh, where we work, um, which caused me to revise some of my goals as well. Uh, so, you know, with that photography thing, I actually took that goal and kind of tweaked it to just learn a new skill that I've actually been more interested in for a while, which was a, a program called After Effects. It's like animation stuff and all that. And it's way more applicable to my job and my job circumstances changing really forced me to learn how to do that uh, and just kind of face that demon. And I'm, I'm really starting to. Now, you never really fully understand uh, this kind of thing, but, uh, it's cool. It's cool to know what I'm doing and, uh, to make other people feel dumb for not knowing how to do it. <laughs> That's the part you enjoy most. <laughs> uh, the limit, the fast food thing really struck out when your wife <laughs> has cravings as a, as a pregnant woman, you just kind of say, all right, we're going to Cane's then, mm. which I mean, who am I to complain about? <laughs> you call Cane's fast food. What an insult. Yeah, I know. That's true. That is true. Um, I did have, I've had read eight books on here. I don't know who the heck wrote this list, <laughs> um, but I did read more books. Hunter grabbed your phone and typed <laughs> that in. Let's, let's really shake up his life. I did read more books this year than I did the year before. Actually more than I had the past like five years since I graduated high school. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, actually doing something, even though it was workforced, it was still, still good books. Um, yeah. Maybe like, like a C minus. C minus. <laughs> I think I passed. Yeah, yeah. So that was what we're saying though. C minus is an A plus from the year before. Yeah, I mean, this year is really. I think it's gonna really challenge me to be more focused with what I write down next episode. Which, thankfully, I've already got it written down. Uh, what I want to do, but it also I shortened uh, the amount of goals I have. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully, twenty twenty goes better, but we'll see. There you go. So stay tuned next episode where we dig into the types of goals that we're setting and also how to break those goals down so that you can stay on pace to make them. Yeah. Recommends. Recommends. I recommend not setting a goal of reading 100 books a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I recommend. Don't talk about your goals with Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> I recommend I going recommend first. talking to me or Chase. <laughs> Those are, those are rookie numbers, Ben. We need to bump those numbers up. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're comfortable with mediocrity. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's where we're going to go. Yeah. Um, I, real quick, I did this last year, so I figured I'd do it again this year. Just uh, name the uh, five books that I read this year that I would, um, you know, recommend to other people. So uh, I just went through and kind of picked out five that were really, really good. Um, Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. I think I've talked about that. I think I've talked about all those these before already, but this is kind of a refresher. So third in his trilogy, I love Ryan Holiday. I think the book is awesome. It was really, um, really good, and it, it was a lot. There's a lot more to it than I was expecting. So You know what's impressive? Being able to call something a trilogy that's nonfiction. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's ballsy, Man. but yeah. he did he, it. He pulled it off, yeah. That guy had a plan. There was he no did. doubt about it. Um, Culture Code, uh, Daniel Coyle, we've talked about that book before. Mm -hmm. Um, we're actually reading it as a staff right now for this quarter. 
Uh, man, that was an awesome book. I think you guys read that too, didn't you, we Ben? Did. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. very good. Um, third one is uh, Atomic Habits, James Clear. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal book. That If anybody's looking for a book to uh, start the new year off right and um, kind of help them achieve their goals, I would I would highly recommend picking up Atomic Habits. Um, 48 Laws of Power, Robert Greene. Um, I'm a, I, I read a lot of Robert Greene this year. I read um, almost all of his books that he wrote, and um, he's his stuff is awesome. It's awesome, and the 48 Laws of Power was was mind blowing to me because it just kind of opened my eyes to a lot of a lot of things, and I really like the the uh, the history aspect to it. So he he gave everything, and he gave a, uh, a historical um, example of it. And so, um, it, that was, that was really cool to me because it, it, I was able to learn a lot about history, especially a lot of history that I haven't ever, um, learned about like, uh, Eastern Asia history and all that type of stuff. Um, so that was, that was really good. And then I had a fifth one and I'm, I'm having trouble finding right now. There's so many books that I read that were really good, but, um, Humble brag. <laughs> so many. Out of 100. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Why are you looking Did for that? Did I mention that? 100? Yeah. Why are you looking for that? We can, uh, we'll come back to it. I actually do have a recommend that just, it just hit me. This is a, um, a show I think I mentioned before, but The Crown on Netflix yeah. has released season two. And um, at first I wasn't that excited about it. So I just want to recommend it. So if people tune in and they're like, you know what? I'm not sure about the second season. Man, there is an, an hang with it because over season two, you see the development of Philip as a character. And, uh, man, it, it is amazing. Yeah, Katie's, a, Katie's watching The Crown right now. Yeah. Was that a, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, my wife watches that show. Is that one of those? Oh, that's not a, I don't think it's a woman show. No, I'll no, watch, no, I think, I'll watch I, it too. It's I, good. Th- I think it's fine. I just, uh, it's like, I, I, told, I told Katie, I just have zero interest in the royal family. Anything regarding them, I just, yeah, see, that's Not how I was thing. too. Like, you know, just that's I, I American, tried. you know. I tried watching a couple episodes with her. And I was like, eh. Yeah, so th- I think th- I think season two, looking back now, season two caught my attention more because it's less about the queen <laughs> and more about the development of Philip. But there's this one episode, man. You'll know it when you hit it, where Philip is sitting in a room full of like fifteen men, and um, he's become fascinated with the. Uh, mission to go to the moon and has a conversation with these guys that go to the moon and I I don't want to ruin the episode but man he sits in this room with a group of about 15 men and this guy bears his soul and I'm like man it was one of those scenes where you watch it and you think if I could be that kind of guy every day I'd be winning so I I recommend the whole season but that episode in particular once you get to that one incredible um Real quick, let me my go ahead. My fifth book. I'm just gonna say um, Steve Jobs' um, biography by Walter Isaacson. Um, I really want to read a lot more biographies this year, and that was one of the best biographies I read. It was fascinating looking to him. So uh, that was the fifth book. Yeah. Uh, I'll kind of um, go off of a uh, what Hunter did. Uh, the two, um, if I could give two books um, that I really like recommend. I like have. I've got I, I, a couple a couple of books like I, I've given a, I've given away a couple of copies of um, the obstacles away to a, to a couple of friends and a couple of athletes that I, that I trained this year and um, uh, so I would recommend I would recommend uh, the obstacles away by Ryan Holiday and then read Turning Pro by uh, by Stephen Pressfield 
because it's it's like uh, the the obstacle is the way. It really it really pump it really pumps you up, gives you a lot of uh, gives you a lot of real positive examples, and then Stephen Pressfield kind of closes the door behind him and says, "All right, now it's time to get down to brass tacks." <laughs> it's, uh, I like that. All right, so yeah, uh, read read those two books in uh, in that order for sure. I do have one. Oh, hey. All uh, right. Uh, it, I couldn't end the year properly without one more Wolfpack recommendation. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Somebody hit the space bar. They played, <laughs> they played Madison Square Garden and recorded a live album of it. Do not bother going to Spotify or iTunes or Apple Music or whatever. Go to YouTube, and it's long. It's an hour 40, but hot dog. It's the best live performance I've ever seen in my life. That's a big statement, Chase Hammock. Really? You mean it? These guys, like they, they play fun, funky music. They're some of the best musicians. Fun and funky. Fun and, and funky. They are, they're unreal. So we're for those unreal. of us that appreciate music, but at a lower level than you, it's important that we're able to watch what they're doing. I feel like yeah, when I all, listen to their all, music, if I see it, I'll appreciate it's it. It's all one single shot. It's just a dude on an iPhone 7. S, I think, with a with a mount, and he's just panning around the uh, walking around the stage, filming everybody. And you got me interested now. It I'm is, gonna watch that on the drive home. It's so, <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, man. So good. I, it's worth going to Spotify and just playing it if you're if that's what you got to do. But the the video, it's 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 awesome. I'll tell you what, man. Let's swing by. Let's get a Caniac. You know, just go out with a bang, mm. get a caniac, and watch this uh, while Hunter's reading his books. Yeah, and uh, like asks us to turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that's a wrap. Yep. See ya. Well, next year yeah. or this year, I don't or know when whichever. this release. See you next year. Anyway, set a goal before you listen again, will you? <laughs> smooth sounds.